welcome back to Long Distance Work Life, where we help you lead, work, and thrive in remote and hybrid teams. I'm Marissa Eikenberry, a fellow remote worker, and joining me is my co-host and remote work expert, Wayne Trammell. Hi, Wayne. Hi, Marissa. How the heck are you? I'm great. How are you? I am well. I am well. I'm looking forward to our discussion today. Yeah. So today we're actually going to talk about a subject that Wayne mentioned in a previous episode about managers are the heartbeat of an organization. I'd never heard that before. And we definitely decided this was going to be a highlight that could be its own episode. So we're going to talk about it today. So Wayne, let's just start with what did you mean by managers are the heartbeat of an organization? Yeah, I I don't mean it. Although I suppose it could have some of that in an Oprah soft and mushy kind of way. Okay. But I actually, I'm not talking about like a Valentine heart. I'm mm-hmm. talking about a Grey's Anatomy, hold it in your hand during surgery kind okay. of heart. Where Christina pumps. Yang is about to operate. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. <laughs> so here's, here's the thing. Uh, think about what a heart does. Okay. Right? It sits in your chest. And blood comes from different parts of the body and it goes into the heart and it gets oxygenated and processed and then sent back out to the rest of the body. That's what managers do. We have information coming in from senior leadership. We have directions. We have guidance. We have marching orders, right? And and it's got to come down and we need to process that information and send it out to our teams. Right. That makes sense. Conversely, it comes from our team. Mm-hmm. We process it, and it is our job to send it out to the senior leadership. All of this communication travels through what people sneeringly call middle managers, but mm-hmm. it's what we do. And think about it. If one of those lines of communication, if one of those arteries gets clogged, what happens? Yeah, you're going to have a problem. <laughs> You're going to have a problem. And so I I thought of this image. There are a few things that throughout my career, I've kind of been, oh, I like that one. And this is one of them, right? This notion of the manager as the heartbeat. And, and, And what it does, if you break that down to what we do, it means that there are responsibilities that we have, right? One of those responsibilities is to make sure that we are oxygenating and processing, right? Stuff just doesn't come from one part of the body, shoot through the heart and out the rest of it. Value is added. Or we would hope. One would hope, right? Oxygen gets added. Stuff gets sent to the lungs for expulsion, all of that stuff. But it's up to us to process, filter, oxygenate the information. And that's both ways, upstream and downstream. Of course. So I guess, how do you avoid feeling like you're like in a vice between upper management and your team? Well, this is the the thing, right? Uh, When we talk about middle managers, you are kind of stuck (laughs) in between. And where this this manifests itself in a number of ways. One, and, and this is particularly true on remote teams where you can't always pick up the vibe in the office. That makes sense right? Senior leadership has no clue what's going on out in the field in right. a case like that. And so it is our job to sometimes tackle uncomfortable situations. Okay, We need to actively solicit information 
from the field so that we're getting good information so that we are passing accurate data <laughs> about right. what's going on, right? Both data and attitude and how are they doing and are they, how are they feeling and all of that. We need to pass that on. We also very often get uncomfortable news or things that are unpleasant and we need to process that and send that out right. to the field. And the thing about being a manager, if we're really honest, mm -hmm. is that we don't always agree with or even understand some of the decisions and things that are happening. And yet it is our job to communicate enforce, try to get people to engage with whatever the marching orders are. Yeah, we almost have to feel like we support it even if we don't. And, and that is the single hardest thing. I mean, in my career, more than once I have known that bad news is coming and been told, share this and you will be added to the list of people who will be gone. Gotcha. Uh, that's a very common situation that as a manager, you have access to information that people don't have and you are actually not allowed to share it. Right. So it can be hard to do that and maintain trust uh, because you become a mouthpiece for the boss, right? Right. Um, so you're just a corporate weasel and you don't care about us. And no, I really do. And this is and, what I have to do. <laughs> and this is literally the job. Yeah, it's it's the hard part about leadership, right? The stuff that you know, and you, you might understand why a decision got made because you have the data of why that decision was made, but other people don't, so they just get mad. <laughs> like, I've well, been in that I mean, situation before, this. even it, in small stuff. Sure. I mean, you've been with in, you know, social groups and, yeah. and, and things that you My do. But also, I mean, you work, you work for Kevin. That too. There are times that he tells you everything, bless his heart. And there are times when he tells you what you think you need to know. Yeah. <laughs> and there are times when it's none of your darn business. Absolutely. Uh, and that's something that leaders have to get comfortable with. In a remote or a hybrid team, of course, it's harder because you have to work harder to get the information. You have to work harder to make sure that you're getting good information. Yeah, being intentional about that communication, like we've talked about in previous episodes. Talking about like, you know, giving out the information from upper management and stuff. And, you know, maybe it's not something that you necessarily feel comfortable with or you, you know, don't disagree with or you disagree with that decision. So, like, how do you do avoid just being a parrot for the company when you disagree? This is where, man, trust depends so much on authenticity. And I actually have come to appreciate something that I never thought I would appreciate. Uh, at the beginning of the Gulf War, Donald Rumsfeld was Secretary of State. And it, I, if you ever told me I would agree with anything Donald Rumsfeld ever said, I would fight you. Uh, but this happens to be true. They were asking about, you know, what do we know? Is this going to happen? Is this not going to happen? And the way that he explained it is quite brilliant. He said, there are no knowns. There are things that we know. Right. Things that we know to be true. There are things that we think we know. There are things that we don't know. 
And there are things we don't know that we don't know. Yeah, right. <laughs> right? And if you explain it as these are the things that we know, these are the assumptions we're making mm -hmm. that may impact how this goes. We don't know what this is going to do, right? We don't know what this is going to do to our customers. Of course. Right? If you are honest about what you know, what you don't know, what you think you know but can't prove, if you do that, generally speaking, people will look at you less like you are lying through your teeth. Uh, it, it's very tempting as a leader to put a happy face on everything. And here's where we're going and we're positive and we're sure. And, and what happens is when one of those unknowns right, <laughs> or something that we didn't see coming happens, we look like liars. Right. Well, and I've always been a big proponent of this idea of like being honest about what you don't know. I don't know if it's just because I'm a lot younger. I don't know if it's just because I worked in an IT department for a while after high school. Like, I don't know, literally. But um, this this concept of, you know, hey, Marissa, I need to ask you about X, Y, Z. What do you know about it? I don't know. And I'll be honest about it because I think so many times leaders, we feel like we have to give an answer so that way we look competent even though sometimes trying to make something yeah. up <laughs> can get you in trouble. Well, it does. That's the problem is, you know, not only are you wrong, which is embarrassing and, you know, makes you lose a little bit of credibility, but if people are already a little bit on edge, it's no, you lied to us. Absolutely. So we've seen this, for example, in the return to office where People said, no, this is it. This is how this is going to work. COVID's over. Get your butt back into the office. And then we had uh, somebody that we've worked with in the past. They brought everybody back. And two weeks later, COVID ripped through the office and everybody got sent home. Right. Right. You told us it was safe. You told us that we had to come back. And now I'm coughing up lung. Um, right. Right. That's going to damage credibility. Yeah, it's going to damage trust a lot too. And and this concept of this concept of what do you know, what do, and being able to share that in a competent, transparent manner that doesn't destroy trust is a very big deal. And it applies to a lot more than just this. It it applies to how you work with your team. There's a a wonderful tool called a Jahari window which is designed to help you uncover biases, right? Are you making okay. stuff up? Are you really seeing the world as it is? And, and we'll probably do an episode on this because it's so important, especially in remote environments, because there are things you know, things you don't know. There are things other people know that you don't know, and there are things that none of you know. Right. <laughs> right? I mean, we can't know everything. Not, and if you're not really clear on what those are, though, you don't know how to ask the right questions and you don't know how to do uh, how to assess situations and you don't know if it's just you or if everybody feels the same way. But that notion of transparency and honesty and authenticity is really important. If we go back to the to the heart thing, that's the oxygenation that you're doing. You know, here's the data that we're being given. Here's where this number comes from. Yeah, trying to give is them it, an idea of why the decision was made. 
Yeah, and, I, and Kevin does this extremely well. He he shares the numbers and he says, "Here's what's happening, and here's why we think this is happening." Mm-hmm. But again, here's what's happening is a hard and fast number. Right. Here's why we think it's happening is mm-hmm. interpretation, which leads to here's what we think that means, and we might be wrong. Of course, that that's going to be true for so many things. But if we don't do that, right, if our heart doesn't do its job, <laughs> yeah. if we as middle managers don't do that job well, we are basically controlling tasks and not adding the value to the process, both upstream and downstream, that we should. So for middle managers who are listening to this episode right now, maybe they don't feel like they're doing this super well, or they know that they could improve on this idea of being the heartbeat of the organization. So what's one thing that they could do today, immediately after they stop listening to this episode, to set themselves on the path of creating a stronger heartbeat for their organization? I think it's really start by gathering information. And I think that's both above and below you on the food chain. Uh, When you get marching orders, information, data from senior leadership, ask the questions that you have. Yeah. Right? Not only the questions that your people are going to have, but what do you, as somebody who has a little different view than your direct reports, what are the questions you have? And find out, is it something they know? Is it something they think they know? Is it... Right. Because right. you can't accurately process and translate that. And and same thing coming back. Right. When you hear things from the team, is this a fact? Is this gossip? Is this you need to be able to process and deal with that, which means asking some questions and having some conversations. And that is going to then help you figure out how to communicate in a transparent, uh, authentic way. Now, there's always the problem of, here's what I'm being told. I think this sucks, but I have to make you do this. Right. Right. And that's a tricky thing to do because you want to keep your job. (laughs) 100%. Let's let's not kid ourselves, right? Yeah. This is we, we want to remain gainfully employed. And part of being a manager is sometimes you have to deliver crappy news to people. You want to be not throwing the leadership under the bus. Absolutely. Right? I think this is a terrible idea, but I have to lay five of you off. It might make you feel better. It doesn't but, change anything for them. But it's not changing. And it makes you look ineffective. So again... Here's what I know. Here's what I know to be true. You know, yes, we are having a really bad year and we are losing money and hard decisions have to be made. There were options. This is the one the company decided to make. And this is where we're going. Just lay it out. Here's what we know. Here's what we don't know. (laughs) Right. Right. This is where this decision came from. Do not say it's not It's not me, because that's very tempting. I remember after some bad news at a place that I worked and we had to let a couple of people go, and I kept saying, it's not me, I don't want to do this. And they said, then what good are you? Yeah, I can see that. It's like Just because it's not you, that doesn't change anything for them. Yeah, it makes me no less fired. Thank you. Exactly. Uh, So 
that's when we talk about the heartbeat it's a, it's a cute model and it's it's a good kind of mnemonic device to think about but that's what i mean by that and i really believe it i think that what we call middle managers are crucial to effective organizations and only if they add that oxygen and that that makes it work absolutely wayne thank you so much for talking to us about this i know you know we talked about it in a previous episode so i'm so glad that we finally got a chance to go into it and see like what does this really mean and listeners thank you so much for listening to the long distance work life for show notes transcripts and other resources make sure to visit longdistanceworklife.com if you haven't yet subscribe to the podcast so you won't miss any future episodes and while you're there be sure to like and review this helps us know what you love about our show feel free to contact us via email or linkedin with the links in our show notes let us know you listen to this episode or even suggest a topic for wayne and i to tackle in a future episode we'd love to hear from you if you'd like to learn more about remote teams order wayne and kevin eikenberry's new book the long distance team you can learn more about the book at longdistanceteambook.com thanks for joining us and as wayne likes to say don't let the weasels get you down <laughs>